everyone, and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we turn our all-seeing eye to the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who's we? Well, I'm your host, Andrew, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Mick. So, how are you today, Mick? Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how many L's you put in the word Behold there in the intro. <laughs> What in my in my first take flawless yes. intro, as far as anyone in the audience knows, it sounds a little bit like behold. <laughs> but we'll let that pass. Uh, but other than that, it's look. It's as good as it's going to get. Other than that, which is pretty much the motto of the show. That, I'm I'm doing all right. I've organised my spices and herbs today. That is not leading to a gag. That is literally what my life is at the moment. Right. Organising things. I mean, it doesn't bode well that that's what we get instead of the usual snappy, joke-filled reference well, to the film. I tried to think of what I could do. Right. But... Usually... There's there's some sort of line or thing that I can adopt from the film and and twist it into some sort of pseudo reality thing. But in this case, I can't do that because I can't like instigate my powers and swap places with someone else, which would be the obvious thing. And also, huge tentacles don't erect from my mouth when I go meow. So, you know, limited scope. Oh, God, you always oh. should have done. Should have got Graham in on this one. And then you could have been about to say something. And then it suddenly swaps to Graham oh. instead. We missed the trick. We do. Oh, okay, listeners, just pretend we did that. And it was yeah. very good and funny. Unlike our usual podcasts. Yes. Yes, I, I realise it's going to take a lot of imagination on your part, listeners. But we want you to work for your podcast, goddammit. Yes. Anyway, it's the Marvels. We we're talking, talking about, about the Marvels, Marvels this time. So, this is the 2020 film. Nope, that's... that's oh it's the God, what? Andrew, I there were no know. films in 2020. Of any year you could have got wrong. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, Mick. Thank God this isn't the episode we did Aquaman 2. So. As always, none of this is getting edited out. I think, so, are we talking about the 2023 film, The Marvels? Maybe, right, maybe okay. we are. Or have we entered some sort of strange what-if dimension where, like, COVID never happened and the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe continued on its pre-planned course? Yeah. I mean, I'd have watched that over how Happy Hogan saved Christmas. <laughs> but that's, that's for another Indeed. episode. So, the Marvels. As I flawlessly said before, is the 2023 film. 
directed by Nia DaCosta, or as is usually the case with Marvel, directed by Kevin Feige, he was like operating Nia DaCosta like some kind of marionette. <laughs> Uh, written by Nia DaCosta, Megan McDonnell, and Alyssa Karasik, and based on... I've just written Marvel characters this time. Fair enough. Because this is... We've kind of moved beyond the point where I can just say it's based on this one specific character who's created by this Yeah, because you've person. got to then look back and see which era of that character it's based on, and that, you know, whether, whether it's a, a Bendis era character or something like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it would be like, here's the full creative team for Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, Monica Rambeau, Nick Fury, The Queen. The Scrolls. The Sword as well, there in this, the Flurkins. Are they called called Sword? I thought they were called Saber. That's right, they are called Saber in this. I keep forgetting because Sword's like the space one yeah. in the comics. Which makes more sense, Sword or... and Shield. That makes sense as a combination. Wait, are they, are they called Saber or are they so? Is Saber the organization or is that the space station? Uh, I think it's the organization. Because it's, it's what she reads off the screen when she's showing the intel to um, Kamala. We've gone way beyond synopsis here. We should track back. We should let you do your. We should yeah. let you do your jam. We should. It's it's our tried and tested method. So a uh, bit of background then before we properly go into the synopsis. Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel. I think we both talked about a bit just on their respective episodes. Yeah. Uh, Monica Rambeau, though, how familiar are you? Um, with I her? saw her in One uh, Division. And Captain um, Marvel 1, but she was smaller then and played by someone else. But apart from that, kind of not very familiar from the comics. Okay, that's that's not a surprise. I think she's a character who was fairly big in the 80s, but then she kind of got relegated. I mean, like you say, to one division. Football after it was, this wasn't it? Podcast. So yeah, Monica Rambo. She was created by Roger Stern and John Romita Jr. The, I realize you can't see listeners, but Mick is just sat head in hands. I'm a broken when shell of a man. When did my life turn to this? <laughs> Do you think one day you'll invent time travel and just go back to the, the young, foolish Mick who said, yeah, Andrew, I'll do a podcast with you. That sounds <sighs> like fun. I'm, 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 I'm desperately trying to place ads to find a watcher who can rescue me from this reality. I mean, maybe when this series is wrapped up, Jeffrey Wright, he's, he's not got much no, more, no, is no. he? There's no Westworld, is there, anymore? Yeah. Exactly. And spoilers, he got killed off in the most recent James Bond film, so... Mind you, so did James Bond. That's true. wonder how long that's going to stick. Well, as we've mentioned before, 
it's not like anybody else would ever try pulling off the recasting of a t- main character who's just died. That'd be foolish. Indeed. But yeah, I, I think it's going to stick about as long as one of Monica Rambeau's many code names. See, it was all connected all along. So yeah, she's she's had quite right, a few okay. is what I'm saying. Because initially she was actually Captain Marvel before Carol Danvers was Captain Marvel. Right. It's you know it's it's weird to think that, that Carol Danvers she only became Captain Marvel in like twenty twelve. Wow. So yeah, Monica Rambo, she was Captain Marvel for a while. Then she went by Photon, then Pulsar, then Spectrum, and I think she's back to Photon. Right. See, I, I, I thought she was going to be Spectrum in this. I just... Yeah, it was weird because it did seem like there was a whole thing about her not having a code yeah. name. And that really did feel like... Because Spectrum's like the one they specifically didn't mention. Yeah. So that did feel like it was building oh, actually, up to something no, where think, she says... I, I no, think it does get mentioned in, you know, when um, Kamala's spitballing. I think it does get mentioned in there, in that list. But it, it's like the third in a list of five or something. And she goes over it real quick, and it doesn't even get acknowledged by anybody else. It's just, you know, Kamala, shut up now. Oh, maybe. Because it definitely felt like there was one of her actual code names that didn't get mentioned. Right. Okay. Anyway, back to your synopsis. Anyway, yeah. I Actually, I like her quite a lot as a character. I think it's fun that, like, she's a character who's very powerful, but, like, in a non-traditional way, like, she's not, you know, Thor, big muscles, I can do the big smashy smashy. But she can do things like transform into a beam of light, so just teleport anywhere she wants. Kind of zap the hawk with gamma radiation to drain him of his powers, things like that. That's just, it's a bit more creative and interesting than I do the big punch. Yes. A thing that I'm sure will get utilised in many creative ways yes. in this film. Which I, I suppose I should do a synopsis Damn right for. you should. Because I don't get paid to do that stuff. So, spoilers ahead for the film, and also possibly spoilers for both of us. So, sometime after the events of the first Captain Marvel film, Carol Danvers, played by Brie Larson, travelled to Halle, the homeworld of the Kree, and destroyed the supreme intelligence, the evil supercomputer that ruled them. However, this caused a civil war to break out amongst the Kree, leaving Halle an almost uninhabitable ruin, orbiting a dying sun. Uh, in the present, the Kree's new ruler, Darben, played by... Zoe Ashton. Zoe yeah. Zari Ashton uncovers a quantum band, one of two powerful artifacts. She uses the quantum band to start tearing holes in space to steal other planets' natural resources and send them to Halle. Uh, these tears are noticed by Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson, who is now in charge of Earth's Intergalactic Space Agency, 
which is either called saber or sword. Possibly saber. They say saber a lot in this film, so yeah. it's maybe saber. And sword might be the earth-based one, because I think that was the one they were called in one so. division. But also Monica Rambo works for them, and she also worked for sword. Yes. Anyway, whoever they are, Nick Fury's in charge of them, and he sends Monica, who's played by Teona Paris, uh, and at the same time, Carol investigates the source of the tears. Meanwhile, on Earth, teen hero Ms. Marvel, aka Kamala Khan, played by Iman Vellani, notices that her grandmother's bracelet has begun to glow, as unknown to her, it's the other quantum band. Uh, as all three women simultaneously interact with quantum nonsense, they become entangled, swapping places with each other every time they use their powers simultaneously. Uh, the three team up to try and stop Darben, eventually confronting her as she attempts to drain Earth's sun. In the ensuing fight, though, Darben is able to get the other quantum band and uses it to tear open a larger hole in space, dying in the process. To fix the tear, Cal and Kamala use their powers and the quantum bands to power up Monica allowing her to fix the damage from inside the hole. However, doing this leaves her stranded in another universe. Uh, with the universe saved, Carol uses her powers to reignite Hala's son, saving the crew. And, inspired by, Ma by the Marvel's team-up, Gamala decides to start a team of her own and approaches the new Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, a little cameo by Haley Steinfeld. And then, in a post-credits scene, Monica wakes up in the new universe to find her mother Maria, played by Lashana Lynch, both alive and is now a superhero called Binary. Also, Maria isn't alone. Joining her is Dr. Hank McCoy, aka Beast, uh, played by Kelsey Grammer, reprising his role from the Fox X-Men films. A fact that is very exciting for people who aren't <laughs> Nick. It's... It's not that I wasn't excited by it. I was very excited. I went, ooh, it's Beast! Um, but the thing is... I just can't remember which of the X-Men films I remember him from. Probably not the James McAvoy ones. No, he was in X-Men The Last Stand. Was that it? Just that one? Yeah, I... Was he not in... X-Men and X-Men 2. I think 2. it was just that. No, he was definitely... He was mentioned in, like, X-Men 1. Then he shows up in X-Men 3. Because that seems like a really massive omission from the first two movies. And this is, this is why, you, uh, listeners, that he said it was... Um, joyous for everybody except me. I have a mental block. I know I've seen all of the X-Men movies. I just can't remember what happened in which one. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, he shows up in the third one. And then he has a very small, uncredited cameo in X-Men Days of Future Past. Right. But I think that might be something just like he shows up on a poster or a screen. Right. Is he... Um... Is he the, one of the ones in the mansion at, in Deadpool 2? Or is that the Nick Holt version? No, that's... 
Is it just yeah, a random beast? I think... Yeah, if it, if he shows up, then it's the Nick Holt version because that's like the younger X Men right. from the the McAvoy right. films. I'll have to get you to drop me a map at some point. Oh, it's going to need a lot of red string. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, also there's some other stuff like there's a bit where all the Flurkins eat the people on the Sabre station to save them from an explosion. And also a musical number. Yes. Yes, there is. But that, that's in essence the Marvels. Yeah. It's I feel like it's very appropriately named because it is certainly a Marvel it film. Is. Like, of all the Marvel films, this is definitely one I, of them. I would say it's probably the most Marvel-less. Uh, and, and you complain about my puns. That's because yours are regular and of the same quality every single time. You're right, I make no one perfect <laughs> to see. Can't even, can't even say the words. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. For me, it's one of the few films in the recent Marvel universe, and I'm including the TV shows in that as well. It's one of the few that actually feels like what reading a comic feels like it's fun it is I would also say that in the same way as just reading like an issue of a comic it's quite disposable yeah, yeah. It, it it was never going to win you know like best film Oscar uh, there aren't going to be uh in 20 years' time, film students marvelling at the greatness of the Marvels. But neither should there be. It's a superhero movie. It's about comic books flying around space. It's about comic book heroes flying around space, righting wrongs and beating up bad guys, which they do marvellously. It's actually more coherent than most of the recent Marvels <laughs> It makes more sense. Yeah, that's that's true. At least it it makes sense. I knew what was going on, almost all the time. Well done, yeah, well done, you. You gave it a beginning and a middle and an end, and they were in that order. I wasn't yeah, sure whether I there just... were some inconsistencies with the Marvel, uh, with the power swapping sequences, though. It took a while for it to be established that they had to be using their powers simultaneously. Up to that point, it just looked a bit hit and miss as to whether this was places or not. And then I think there were some where the, the action sequences were so fast-paced that it looked like maybe they were using their power simultaneously and still not swapping powers. Yeah, that's probably one of those things where if you go back and like dissect it frame yeah. by frame, it's 
But the also, yeah, who exactly. Cares? You know, it's the same. It's the same person who cares that you know the bus that runs be, that goes behind uh, Chris Adkelston and Billy Piper's head in the first episode of the Doctor Who series. Uh, that route doesn't actually go across Westminster Bridge. It's that kind of person that would care. I don't know whether that's true or not. I just made that one up, but it's the kind of thing. But for people who talk like that when buying their tickets for the movie, they're the kind of people who would ask that question and freeze frame the video. Yeah, I'm very much of the opinion if you need to freeze frame to notice it, it doesn't count as a problem. Yeah, you're not a sports fan, are you? Because that's not how normal people watch You're not a sports fan, are you? That's exactly how VAR works in football. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is football would be a lot better (laughs) if everyone just said, you know what, it's just a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And also, maybe at the end of the match, they should say, well, okay, this team scored the most goals, but you all tried really hard, so actually you're all winners. Yeah, that's never going to work. Did they not hand around some, like, quality streets afterwards and everyone gets to Oh, probably. Or they get a teacup. Maybe I should get a Or they get a teacup thrown at them. One of the two. Anyway, the, the Marvels. Marvels. Um, it's for for all it's a fun and exciting adventure. It, it gives a sort of stark element to um, Carol's existence as Captain Marvel. That sort of like lonely space warrior patrolling the sectors. Yeah, yes, yeah, she is. Basically just an intergalactic cat yeah. lady. Yeah. Especially when especially <laughs> when Goose gives birth. That's a lot of flurkins. Possibly too many flurkins. I mean, it's a it's a big litter. Let's be honest. Yes, what did we see what happened to the Firkins after the end of the film? No. I don't think we did. We know that they crash landed in the in the pod with Nick and, and got there safely and they started disgorging their passengers. But what actually happened to the kittens themselves? Who knows? I think the American Humane Association dropped the ball on that one when they were monitoring the making of the film. Yeah, I mean, how do we know if no Firkins were harmed in the making of this film? Exactly. I hope the American Humane Association have tracked and traced all of them and have put them in their forever homes. Let's, Let's just say they have. Well, it's better than the other option, isn't it? That they've been turned into tasty snacks for Lockjaw. He's a very good dog. Who would win in a fight between Lockjaw and, and Goose? <laughs> oh, what a team up! Because I guess Lockjaw and Goose. 
I mean, I think what you've stumbled upon is just the pet Avengers. <laughs> like DC Super Pets, the Marvel version. Yep, it does exist. It's like Lockjaw. Um, actually, I'm not sure Goose has actually been on the team, but we could put Goose on there. Um, oh, we'll need to alter the MCU so that the Falcon actually has a pet bird. <laughs> um, oh, we've, we've got Hawkeye's dog, Lucky. He can be on the team. <laughs> we can bring in Frog Thor. Frog Thor. Yeah. And, uh... Peter A. Bill, because he's basically a horse. He, he is basically a yeah. horse, isn't he? One of Ant-Man's yeah. ants. Yeah. That'll work. Yeah, I, I think we've stumbled upon phase six. <laughs> Unlike Marvel, who seem to be stumbling through Phase Five. <laughs> yeah, bless them. They they don't have an overarching plan at all. Not anymore. They? No. I think, I think that I think that went missing during the blip. Yeah, or during the I don't know second mini blip. That's going to have happened off screen where, oh, oh no, all the Kangs disappeared. <laughs> I can't believe they all went into that one house that then <laughs> fell down. Indeed. So, um, yeah, uh, it's it's a strong plot. It works. Kind of. I think calling it a strong well, no, plot. No, I mean, is, it's a simple it, plot. It's a simple plot, but I think that's why it works. It's a simple plot that is then blown up with action sequences and spacey bits. And I think that's again one of the flaws with a lot of the Marvel stuff lately is that the plots have become, become over complex overstuffed with story and law I mean I don't think anybody has to have seen um, WandaVision or Miss Marvel or even Captain Marvel to enjoy this movie you can walk into it cold You don't need to have had 30 years of comic reading and stuff like that. It's accessible is what it is. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it maybe helps at least to have seen the first Captain Marvel just to get an idea of who she yeah, is. But I, I, w I would say that having seen Captain Marvel would enhance your enjoyment of this movie. But if you were a parent who'd been dragged along to watch this movie with the, the kids... You won't be lost not having seen Captain Marvel. That's what I mean. Yeah, I just... I think ideally what I want is maybe something in between. So, obviously not like sort of 
quantum mania or Wakanda forever where it's just like very bloated and messy but then I think maybe for me this is just a bit too much on the other side where it's just it's a bit too mean. yeah um I, I I thought it was a nice palate cleanser because you know we don't really know what's coming next for Marvel do we I mean Marvel don't really know what's coming next because everything got mucked about by um badly behaved cast members and uh strikes indeed yeah it was it was nice. i will say i do like the three leads an awful yeah. lot like brie larson diana paris iman valani i think they all they play off each other very yep. nicely yeah iman valani especially she's she's just a delight, yeah and the she? thing is she seems very comfortable in that company and it would have been very easy for her to be sort of like overshadowed by the other two who've got, you know, more experience of being in front of a camera. But she clearly revels in the in the characterisation and the fact that she she sort of foreshadows the actual interaction with Captain Marvel almost exactly in the comic book sequence at the beginning. That she um that she fits right in. Yeah. She she seems comfortable in that skin and comfortable messing around. Because that's basically what it this is basically Marvel Cinematic Universe's version of a sorority sleepover movie, isn't it? It is. Maybe that's the point. Maybe what I want instead is like replace Creed, Supreme Ruler, What's a Face with just a stuffy college dean who <laughs> maybe wants to like shut down the girls' sorority unless they can win the big um, hula hooping competition. And then it turns out that Captain Marvel. She was the college's greatest hula hooper, but one time she hula hooped too hard and it resulted in a terrible accident. But then Ms. Marvel's here to teach her the real meaning of hula hooping, which is friendship. And then through that, she's able to overcome a hula hoop phobia and, and win the big competition. Well, that's Captain Marvel 3 done. Oh, and then the Dean falls in like a big, I don't know, pig pen full of stinky poo or something. Flurkins. Yes, exactly. Flurkin droppings. And then he stands up and he shakes his fist and he goes, Marvel House! <laughs> and then freeze frame on that. That's the end of the film. Guest starring a, a digitally reincarnated John Belushi playing guitar on a staircase. Yes. <laughs> yes, a horrible CGI John Belushi. <laughs> it's like, you know that one bit in The Flash? It's that, but it's just all CGI John Belushi's. <laughs> Oh dear. Why do I agree to do these things with you? Lack of hobbies. 
I've got a hobby. It's watching Marvel movies and TV shows. What am I going to do after tomorrow when there is no daily episode of What If? Scream into the void. Okay. That'll, that'll be unnerving to the passengers sharing my train journey with me Sunday morning. Probably guarantees you a free seat, though. True. True dat. Yeah. So, um, I thought, uh, I thought the training montage was great, where they learned to work together as a team and synchronise. Yeah, again, the college sleepover sorority house yeah. bits. Is, is Brie Larson unusually tall? I mean, that's that's the hard-hitting question, isn't it? Um, it's just, she seems awfully scrunched up when they're doing the skipping bits. She is 1.7 metres. I don't know what that means. Give it in normal person sizes, Google. Five foot seven, there right. we go. So we need to know how tall Tiona Paris and... <laughs> Go again. This is this is the science. This is what. Oh no, Iman Vellani's five six. So, God, this is this is a journey we're all going on together. This is... <laughs> Look out for our new podcast. Behold, comic book characters and their heights. <laughs> oh, Tane of Harris is five five. So. It's only a couple of inches between the three right. of them. It's just she seems to have this sort of strange sort of stoop when she's doing the skipping bit in the middle. And the others seem to be just like normal. Yeah. Maybe she's just got weird posture. Could be. Could be. Um, but yeah, it's... I like the chemistry between all the characters and I include Samuel L. I mean, obviously he's been playing um, Nick Fury now for what fifteen years? God, yeah, he has. Oof. Yeah, I mean Ken Barlow's going to be looking out for his record soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's he's been playing Nick Fury, and it must be like a a comfortable old jumper for him by now. I mean, by and large, he largely plays Samuel L. Jackson anyway. But yeah, but he's he's certainly used to the he's eye certainly patch used to the now. eye patch. Yeah, um, I can't remember. Remember, struck, figure out where this sits in relation to Secret Invasion. I. Th- I think this is after Secret Invasion because uh, I think they mentioned there being peace talks between the Kree or the. But it, then if Darben's in charge of the Kree. Those talks are on the colony world, aren't they? That 
gets threat that gets its atmosphere nicked. Yeah, I think so. Which is not the peace talks between. What we want to know is what happened to the scroll that were on Earth, because they're different to those scroll. I mean, do we really want to know that? Well, or do we just want it, to pretend that secret invasion never well, happened? Well, that's kind of what this film does, isn't it? It's not really mentioned. You know, even when there's a party of scroll on board the sh- on, on board the space station, and the, oh, mind you, that's on the ship, isn't it? Not not the space station. But when Valkyrie comes and shuttles off with a band of refugees, oh yeah, she does. Uh, well. Either that, or it's Agent G-K-L-M-T. She's dressed as a Men in Black character, by the looks of it. Yeah, I don't know, I'd just forgotten the Tessa Thompson shows up in this film. Never, ever forget the Tessa. Right, I'm sorry I've let us all yeah. down. Don't forget, her performances underpin the entire MCU. Don't forget, it all began when Tessa acts. <laughs> Again, that's much worse than anything I've said. And I can't believe you didn't see it coming. Too busy thinking of Tessa Thompson, can you? No, believe? no, no, no. Fair do. Yeah, I, I feel like this is maybe where I wish they'd spend a bit more time in just like things like, what is the deal with the Cree and the scrolls, and just the general world building. Because it just, it just seems a bit like much of a nothingness. Well, yeah, and that. For me, that is the weak part, is where did this colony come from? Why why were Cree... I mean, I mentioned Ghostbusters earlier, you know. Why why were the Cree and Scrolls living together on a world that doesn't happen? What's going on? Um, and, and also, the bits on that colony world, or, or the bits where they visited colony world, it felt like they were occupying the empty bits in Starfield planets. Yeah, they were, and it is just that traditional thing of this is the water planet where everything is water. Yeah. What what other biomes? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, um, but you you know. You had the little set pieces. I, I quite liked the musical number. I quite like this idea of this planet where everything formal is done in song. Yeah, that's that's again that's another area. I kind of wish we had maybe a few more different planets in there. Because mm. as it's like I like it as a bit. It just, it seemed like a little bit out of place. There was a lot more building for that world than there was for the first colony world. Um, and there were, I mean, you could argue you don't really need much world building for Earth, but... It's just it's Earth. It's just Earth. It's where we live. 
We should know about it. David Attenborough's done loads of programmes on it. Whereas that's not necessarily the truth for any of the other planets in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, Attenborough. What are you yeah. doing? It's alright telling us about the blue planet. What about the green planet? The red planet? I think it's just laziness. That little swirly gas giant over to the left there. <laughs> Also, did the plants get fixed at the end of this? That's also unclear. Because, like, they closed the big hole, but that required Monica to, like, strand herself in another dimension. And that was the other thing. Was that was that first colony world in our dimension on another dimension? Was the singy planet in our dimension on another dimension? But you're right. We don't know what their fate is. We just know that they failed to save the Singy planet. Yeah, but then I guess they found a way to close the holes later. Not much point, though. I mean, the first one, the atmosphere got sucked away, right? Yeah, I don't know. They did a, they did a map bit reverse atmosphere. Verification. Well, the point is that anybody who wasn't anybody who wasn't whisked away by Tessa or Valkyrie, right, off that colony planet, died. Yeah, they do kind of gloss over yeah. that a bit afterwards. Don't yeah, uh, and I'm including Cree in there as well. There's going to have been some Cree that didn't make it off. Um. She did seem to succeed in stealing the oceans of the Singy planet. Yeah, I mean, that may be because there was a lot of ocean. They only ended up stealing a bit of it. We don't know, but you're right. We don't know, and also that would have that would have impacted on Captain Marvel because she she left saying. Uh, we'll stop them, I promise. And she didn't. Yeah. Got to talk to Beth wrote a really mean song about her after that. <laughs> you thought the Annihilator was a bad name. Wait till you hear our latest chant. Yeah, Captain Marvel, more like Captain. Oh no, what happens what, with Marvel? More like, more, more like Captain Bad Smell. <laughs> Keeps turning up. I wouldn't do well on the singing planet. <laughs> um. But yeah, um, effects wise, it was solid. Even the flirking stuff, which could have got a bit over the top, was uh, pretty good. Didn't look too cartoony or anything. It did not look Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, no. at least. Um, yeah, it looked, it looked good. Um, I, I really like the shot where you get them as, as the escape pod with the flurkies, and they're all just crawling around on the controls and stuff like that. And then it takes off and goes into space and we come weightless. 
And there's one that's just like it looks almost like a, a stuffed cat just floating. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's something I'll give it. Certainly the CGI cats in this are a lot better than certain other films. Are you referring to other films that involve cats and musical numbers? I am indeed. <laughs> oh, imagine that. If someone did cats, but Flurkins. So it's basically the same, but every time they're about to like go for the big solo, just all yep. the tentacles spew out, and it's just... <laughs> See, that's, that's why I did so many L's at the start of Behold. It's because all my mouth tentacles are just coming out. And that's... The rest of the cast just gets swallowed up by the lead flurking. <laughs> and can't perform the rest of their numbers. And yet that's still less horrifying than the actual I've never film. seen it. It's amazing. Like, it's possibly the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's amazing. Wow. We've seen 30 Days of Night. Oh, it's so much worse than that. <laughs> it's, genuinely, there was a point watching that film where I thought I might have been having an actual mental breakdown. <laughs> And then it turned out, no, it was the director that was doing that. Or Judy Dench. I mean, I think Judy Dench was mentally fine because she couldn't actually see what was happening. <laughs> I just whacked out on whatever medication she takes while she was going, but a cat is a cat and not a dog because a cat's a cat. <laughs> Oh dear. So, um, anything else? Was there anybody else that turned up that we thought? Uh, Fantasy Lashana Lynch was back. Sorry? Uh, Lashana Lynch, Maria Rambo. Yes, yeah. Um, but are they going to use her for anything further? Is binary going to be a thing, do we think? Possibly. Also, I thought binary was a an alter ego of Captain Marvel. Yes, yes, it was. That was one she used. Basically, she was Ms. Marvel. Then she lost her powers. Then she became binary. And then she went back to being Ms. Marvel at some point. Right. But also, when she was binary... She kind of hung out with the X-Men quite a bit. Right. Which I assume is why they went for, like, yeah. Binary as the character for the X-Men universe. Right. Okay. That makes sense, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it makes more sense if you know that the person who wrote the original Ms. Marvel comic was Chris Claremont. Right. Who then wrote, like, X-Men for a decade. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Hmm. Also, I definitely feel like it's a case of the Shadow Lynch was in a film and then Marvel went, 
Oh, actually, she's getting quite popular now. Um, quickly, let's find a way to bring her back. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. Um, what they should have done is cast her as Kang. Which I guess yeah, would have maybe, made maybe Kang, that's it. which I guess would have made Kang non-binary. Boo, Mick, boo, and these, these are truly atrocious. It's Friday night. Friday night, I've had a long day at the end of a trying week. Still, there's no reason for the rest of us to have to suffer. Yes, there is. Well, speaking of suffering, is it time to put this on the big list? I think it probably is. So, this is our big list of films, going all the way from A History of Violence at number one, down to Spawn at 62. Ah. See, See, this is maybe what annoys me about films like this. Is it always feels like it's quite hard to find a place for the films where it's just, yeah, this was a nice enough time. Yeah. I definitely feel it's upper mid-table. Yeah, I mean, what's it? What's it similar to... Uh, I don't think we've done the original Captain Marvel. Which is annoying because that would be a good point of comparison. Well, I preferred it to the original Captain Marvel. I thought... Okay. Mick, if you were to put the original Captain Marvel somewhere on our list... It would just be below the Marvels. (laughs) (laughs) What have we got? How many are there on the list? Number 62, did you say? Yeah, 62. God, how long have we been doing this? Sometimes it feels like the entirety of our lives. <laughs> no. Okay, let's let's go from 30, should we? Okay, what's, what's at 30? So, 30 is The Old Guard. 31 is the original X-Men film. 32 is Blue Beetle. 33 is Quantum Mania. I mean, it's, it's be- definitely better it's, than Quantum Mania. It's better than the Old Guard, I think. It's... It's more fun than the Old Guard. Yes, so 29 we've got From Hell. Oh, no, I can't comment on that because I didn't watch that. Oh, no. Well, above that, 28, we've got The Killer. And I thought that... I would say that was definitely better than The Marvels by quite a considerable amount. Yeah, so... And uh, 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 from hell, that's a it's an Alan Moore, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, oh, based on an Alan think... Moore. So it's based on better source material. It is, and it's the problem of it's a film that tries to adapt something that's a lot more weighty and does not necessarily that great a job with it. 
versus something that's just like a very safe, light and frothy superhero. Yeah. Now. Which, right? Because I can't comment on this one because I haven't seen From Hell. So imagine the scene, right? It's the middle of January. It's a Saturday afternoon. It's raining. You're full of cold. Snot is streaming from every available orifice. And you want to feel better. Do you watch From Hell or do you watch The Marvel? So it's an impossible position you've put me in, Nick. Because it's now, do I admit that the thing that's going to make me feel alright when a bit under the weather is horrible Jack the Ripper murdering all those poor women? Because if I'm being honest, it probably is. Well, there you go. You've made the decision then. It goes just below from hell. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with that because I feel like... It, it, I, it I'm always happy to reward. what kind of sociopath you are, but, yeah. you know... But it's also more seriously, I'm, I'm always happy to reward something that's more ambitious. And even doesn't if quite the make it. Isn't, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're right, you know, Marvel should be able to knock movies like the Marvels out every sort of six months. It, sh- it shouldn't be rocket science for them. Um, and I think the reason it, it feels like so much fun is because it reverses a trend in recent movies. Multiverse of Madness, um, Quant- uh, Mania, You know, an Ant-Man film that wasn't fun. What's the point in that? You know? Yeah, it's... Who watches two fun little heist movies and goes, what if the third one of these was just a big CGI nonsense fest instead? Yeah, yeah. What if, what if we literally remove everything people like about these films? <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, and as you said at the start, Marvel's felt like kind of a mid-table movie. It's now our new number 30, so almost exactly in the middle. There you go. Sometimes we could even trick people into thinking we know what we're doing. The stretch. If I'm on it. You're right. I'm, a man can dream, though. Indeed. Right, so what are your plans for the weekend? Because I'm going to write a big um, letterboxed article on how Tessa Thompson and her Tessa acting <laughs> is, the in- is the true true underpinning plot that spans all the phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ah, you know, I didn't know people could get banned from Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they probably can, can't they? It's social media. Yeah. Everyone's off on yeah. social media. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's about it from us. If you want to listen to more, you can find our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. Uh, If you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com. 
Also, if you're a fan, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice or just recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow the show and reach new listeners. So that's everything. Until next time, I've been Andrew. And I've been Mick. So long and thanks for listening. Thank you.